Welcome, lovelies, to the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. My name is Deborah Laws, the dance business expert. My passion is to help you turn your passion into profit while guiding you to work less and earn more. I'm super excited to share interviews with you that I know will inspire and motivate you in your schools, as well as my solo shows where I shall be sharing some great tips and strategies. So if you love the show, please do remember to review, subscribe and share it with your fellow dance boss friends. So let's get stuck into the business of dance. Hi, everybody. I wanted to talk to you today about exiting your business. Now, you'd think that this isn't a topic I would ever really want to discuss because I'm here to help you grow your school or to help you build a great team or to improve your pricing. Like I'm here for all those things that feel very positive and growth growth based. But actually, there's another aspect of what some of you may be wanting to work on right now, uh, which may be, how do I build a business uh, and a dance school that will allow me to not necessarily be involved in it as much or at all, <laughs> or that will allow me to retire. Like we could be nearing a retirement age and you're thinking, you know, it's going to become a time not so far in the future where I'm going to want to hang up my ballet shoes and, you know, retire from my school and I'm going to want to pass it on to somebody else. Or maybe you're just feeling like it's just a little bit too much. The teaching that you do, the admin that you do, everything boils down to you, all the responsibilities on your shoulder. It just feels too much. It's too heavy. And you just want to be able to earn great money, but maybe not be quite so involved, maybe be able to hand some of this stuff over. And in fact, if you're not any of in either of those positions, maybe you're still fairly young and you're building your school and it's new and it's exciting, but you have a real business head on you and you appreciate the fact that actually it would be really sensible for you to future-proof your school so that if any awful, horrible occasion came up where you could no longer be in your school, you weren't able to work, you weren't able to show up, that your school would still be fine. It would operate without you. It could still thrive without you and it could still bring you in an income. So basically, I think what I'm going to talk about today is for any of you, because you could fall into any category. Um, so I wanted to talk about you know, what happens when you no longer want to be working as much in your business? So the first thing is, I think we need to be able to remove ourselves from the studio. So what this means is obviously you have to build a team around you so that you don't have to be teaching all of the classes or in fact, potentially any of the classes. And before I move on, I actually just want to address that one point right there, because I think sometimes for some, not for all, but for some, you get to the stage where maybe 
your passion is your school and growing your school and your business and what you're creating for you and your family and the financial stability. And that all really excites you. But maybe being in the studio teaching doesn't excite you anymore. Maybe you've done it for many, many years. And actually, that's not the thing that you really love anymore. I just want to address the guilt factor that very many people start to feel when this is them. Like, I think because we invest so much in ourselves and dance has been part of our life, our whole lives, most of the time, to actually be able to say openly, actually be able to say the words, I don't want to teach anymore is huge. It's so huge. We can't even sometimes even admit it to ourselves internally. But if you have reached that decision, I just wanted to say, please don't feel guilt around that. There is no shame. There's no judgment. There's no shame God that's going to come down and <laughs> cast his bolting, bolt lightning on you and say, how very dare you not want to teach in a studio anymore and just manage and run your business. Like there is none of that. The shame is only in our own head. There's nothing wrong with reinventing yourself and your role. And many, many people in business change careers decide to go down a new pathway, launch a new business in something completely different. If it's okay for them, it's actually okay for us as well. So that's just a little side note I wanted to address because I know that today's podcast, which is about being able to exit the business, could feel really uncomfortable because part of that is exiting the teaching as well. So now that we've addressed that, now that we don't feel so much shame around not wanting to teach anymore, Obviously, we have to have teachers. So presumably we are building a team or we're going to be planning to do this, you know, in the future. So you have a great bunch of teachers that teach all the classes. So here you are now not having to be in a studio five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, evenings, whenever you were doing it before, maybe not at all. The next thing is we have to have really, really robust systems and processes in place because when you have a really structured um, handbook, if you like, on how everything runs in your school, how you want it to run, when that is really clearly laid out, so for example, job roles for people, how you like tasks done and completed, the way in which you want things tackled, like when all this is very clearly written, documented, videoed, however you like to do it, then you know that people going forwards for years and years and years will carry on doing things your way because they can watch that video where you taught them how to talk to a new parent, or they can read that process when it came to what happens when somebody wants to leave the school. Like you've documented and recorded the whole thing. We call it a playbook. Um, you need a studio playbook for your studio so that you could hand over the full operating, the operations manual to a member of staff or several members of staff, and they can run your school for you in exactly the way that you would like it to be run. Now, that takes 
a whole heap of time and energy from you to create that. So my advice is, if you are thinking that this is something sensible to do, to take care, to future-proof your school, if for one reason you couldn't be in it, or because you're looking at semi-retiring or fully retiring or even selling your school, start to create your playbook now. Who are all the people that you contact to pay for your venues and to book your halls? How do people pay their bills? What's the system? What's the invoicing procedure? How do you work with your CRM, whether it's Member Meister or Dance Studio Pro or Dance Biz? Like, how do you upload a new student? Like, all of the operating um, um, tasks that people would need to learn how to do that. How, what's your ethos? What are your values? What's your mission statement? Like every single thing, your website login details, your social media login details, your branding, (laughs) how often you post on social media, like every single thing. And there is a lot that you have created over the years. It needs to all be documented and written down. So I would suggest that you start by creating two to three of these little processes. This is how we do it. Videos a week, two to three a week. And it will probably take you probably about a year to complete, maybe even more if you're not doing two to three a week. It might take you a couple of years to do this, but eventually you will have the ability to hand over the running of your baby to somebody else if you wanted to. So I thought I would just share with you guys today the um, planners that I have produced for dance school owners, because these are flying out of Amazon like hotcakes. And if you don't have yours yet, then all you have to do is pop to Amazon and type into the search Deborah Laws and all three books will come up. So the ultimate dance business planner I designed for you so that you had a little bit of a Deborah on your desktop. (laughs) The planners are full of business training, tips, motivational quotes, Uh, things to do at the start of the month, things to do at the end of the month, ways in which you can plan out your marketing and your retention. And they are selling all over the world. So go to Amazon, grab your number one best-selling ultimate dance business planner and enjoy mapping out the growth for your studio. Now, the next thing you need to look at doing is building that person that's going to be the great leader, the vice principal. Initially, it could start if you've got several members of staff, it could start that somebody becomes your head of musical theater or your head of ballet, for for example. And then, you know, if they turn out to be great in that role and they're good little leaders and they're really organized and you love them in that role, maybe over a period of time, they move up and they become a vice principal. Like a few years ago, nobody had a vice principal. The word didn't even exist (laughs) running a dance school. Now lots and lots of people are having a VP. So, you know, is there somebody that you could start to start to nurture? Is there somebody that you could start to bring in, start to give them little bits of responsibility here, there and everywhere so that you're starting to offload some of your responsibility onto someone else that can have responsibility in your school? 
maybe even to the extent that parents know that they have to go to your VP for certain things rather than coming to you. So we need to start building the structure in not just that playbook, but in the people that are going to operate and keep your school running for you. So really start to think about whether you have somebody currently in your studio that would be great for this role, whether you already have that person, but maybe you need to keep going, give them some more, start to offload more, or maybe you've just got to start thinking about who that might look like in the future. Maybe you could start by creating a job role for that person. What would their tasks be? What would you love to give them initially when that person comes along, when the time is right for you? So starting to create the structure in your team so that they could take over your school for you. And I think, you know, if you're serious about this, I think it's starting to be a little bit less present in your studio. We want parents to see a very gentle transition as you exit your business, not a sudden, oh my gosh, we've woken up today and where's she gone? Like it's all changed and, you know, Deborah's not a lot around anymore. Like, unless you are selling your school, in which case that would be the case, then it there needs to be a gentle transition. Oh, we no longer go to Deborah if we want to talk about exams, or we no longer go to Deborah if we want to talk about um, my child's progress. We go to the customer experience person. Like, what are the things that you can be stepping out of so that people gradually get used to you not being there for absolutely everything? And one of those things that I did was I was there religiously on exam day for every set of exams we ever had year in, year out. And I decided I no longer wanted to have to be there, especially as there were some sessions where, you know, when my school was huge, I didn't even teach any of the children that were coming to exam day. So I put things into place so that my teachers could be there. They could invigilate. They could take care of the parents and the kids because they were the ones actually that taught those children and knew those parents. And I stepped away from always having to be there at exam days. The other thing is maybe you do a lot of competitions and maybe you want to get to the stage that you're not giving up every weekend for your kids, as in your your students, and then not seeing your own kids, (laughs) as in your kids. You know, maybe you don't want to be there anymore at competitions and you need to start putting something in place where the parents learn to manage without you or you have a different member of the team that goes along to different competitions like multiple ways of doing this. But the important thing is, are you wanting to exit and not be the person that's always there at competitions? That's another area that you could slowly start to implement. Maybe you begin by not being there for every single one. And then eventually, a few months, weeks, years, however long down the line, you're not there at any of them. It's all part of uh, your exit strategies. And I think um, ultimately, the last thing I wanted to talk about was what would that exit strategy look like for you? Now, if you've had to exit due to illness, then obviously it's a temporary thing because you are going to be coming, you know, stepping straight back into the building, the the building, well, maybe the building as well, (laughs) but the business, you know, as soon as you're able. But if it's because you're wanting to retire and you no longer want to, to be there, 
and be present on a daily basis or a weekly basis. There are various ways that you can go about this. And you might have thought about these before, but they might. this might be a little bit new in for some of you. You can sell your score. You can sell it 100% handed over, no longer yours. You have none of the rights to your score. You were, you were reimbursed financially um, and you have absolutely zero to do with it anymore. The other thing you can look at is exiting almost fully because you've got a great team and an amazing vice principal. Um, They're in it, they run it, and you literally just waltz in. (laughs) I say that like we're divas, of course we're not. But, you know, you just come to the odd event. You just show up maybe to a prize giving to offer the prizes or perhaps, you know, you're there um, to watch one of the performances Um, at your annual show, you know, maybe you literally are, you're still the owner, but you're not the principal. And so people see you rarely, they see you occasionally, and you're able to take part in the bits you want to take part in and not take part in anything else if you don't want to. That's another way of exiting your business. The last way is you could become, um, a bit of a silent partner. So it could be that somebody takes over the running of your school. You have a principal in charge and you have nothing to do with the school at all. In fact, for all intents and purposes, your students think that you sold it, but you are still silently in the background, the business owner. So if something ever happened and, you know, it didn't work out with your principal or somebody that's running your school, you could officially ask them to move on and you could step back in or you could put somebody in their place. And, you know, the school is still yours, basically. And what you can do in this instance is you can pay your principal, the person that's running and in charge of your school, handsomely. And I say that because I think it's important that they feel like it's well worth it to them if your school continues to grow. And you just take a small percentage. So there's just like a 10 or 20 percent that you take of the profit from the school and all the rest goes to the person that's running it. And it kind of becomes a little bit like a, just like a little retirement package. So every month you do zero to to do with the school. You have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Even the choices are down to the person who's running it, but you just have a small income that you still pull from the business. So there's a few ideas there for you folks as to how you could go about exiting the business, but also, and more importantly, the things that you need to set up before that's even a possibility. And some of those things, as I said, especially with that playbook, you know, could take a couple of years to put in place. Certainly takes years and years to build a great team so that you can exit. But, you know, as I said, we're all at different places. This might be something that some of you are really keen to work towards because you want to exit your business in the next couple of months, the next year. Or it may be that you're just future proofing your school, you know, for years and years and years to come. Or in case something were to happen to you now, you just want to fill that safety net, I suppose, that your business would be okay. 
Now, I hope that's been a great episode for you today. Um, in particular, I would love it if you could leave us a review or a, a rating, because that really helps me to be able to help more of you uh, in terms of people finding us, in terms of the algorithms. Um, so yeah, please do leave a little review for me if you loved today's episode. And I really look forward to coming to you again next month with some more business advice from the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. So I wanted to quickly tell you a little bit about Showtime Circus. This is run by my good friend, Jess, who has created an incredible circus bolt-on franchise for your dance school. Because aerial and circus performance skills has become a really desirable skill set for choreographers and casting directors. And so Showtime Circus offers the opportunity to buy a franchise package, which will give you all of your necessary equipment, training from experienced staff, syllabus plans, ongoing support and business support to launch your new franchise. It will really energize your school with increased revenue streams, new student opportunities, and of course, bring all the fun of the circus to your school. So do go and visit showtimecircus.co.uk to find out what the new buzz is around circus skills.